0: Welcome to the Learning Outside the Lines podcast. I'm Ann Ryan, your host, homeschool mom of four and passionate about education and helping our children learn best. I want to thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to listen and catch another episode. I know that many of us in the past have wished that we had a veteran homeschooler to help us when we first got started homeschooling. It may have saved us some headaches and frustration and some of the mistakes that we endured. I know many of us felt lost or confused, definitely overwhelmed and sometimes very discouraged. Sometimes we still feel this way and there is so much information out there, but how do we know what to use or how to use it or when to use it? On one hand, homeschooling is most definitely a journey and we often have to experience a variety of things to figure out what works for us and for our children. For example, many of us start out with the quote, school at home model with textbooks and workbooks because that's what we know. That's what we translate from how we were schooled in public school. But only with time and experience do we slowly move to other styles or methods of homeschooling and teaching. On the other hand, I do think that there are some basic things that can be shared that will save new homeschoolers money, time, and some frustration. I know there have been other blog posts or podcasts out there about things not to do in your homeschool, so I'm going to give you the quick and dirty rundown of five things not to do in your homeschool. Number one, don't buy a bunch of curriculum right off the bat. Many people will tell you this. They think an all-in-one program would be easier to just jump in only to find out that your child might be at one level for one subject, but at a different level for another subject. And you figure out pretty quickly that that all-in-one program that you thought would save you some time really is much more complex to use now because you need to supplement or add some different things to it. More research really needs to go into buying curriculum as well as new homeschoolers just really aren't sure what that research even is until they just take time and talk with other homeschoolers and ask lots of questions, as well as figuring out what kind of learning style your child is and for that matter what learning style the parent is. Maybe your child has some learning challenges. Maybe they have strengths and weaknesses in different subjects. All those things need to be assessed and that can only be done with time. I know sometimes if people pull their kids out uh, mid-year or even mid-school like such as third grade versus starting out homeschooling, they think, oh, I just have to jump in and start with quote school right off the bat. And that is not true. You can take time, let them de-school a little bit, let them take some time just to decompress and take that time to do research and figure out what your child really needs to learn as well as what resources need to be used for your child to learn and the budget obviously comes into play as well. No one wants to spend a big part of their budget on an all-in-one program, only to find out in a month or so that all that money was wasted because the program doesn't match your child's style or their needs, and now you have limited funds or no funds to buy something else. So definitely don't buy a lot of curriculum right off the bat, take some time, do some research to figure out what your needs are to ask very targeted specific questions on some of the uh, social media pages and ask other homeschoolers as well number two don't think you need a school room in your house stop looking at pinterest pages and instagram pages of these perfect homeschool spaces and then we beat ourselves up when we can't replicate that. I know they look cool. Trust me, I look at them too. But you don't need a schoolroom in your house or a perfect homeschool space to teach your children or for your children to learn. It's just not necessary. I did a session on this very topic at a homeschool conference and a podcast episode. So if you are really interested in hearing more about homeschool spaces, I won't repeat that, but please give a listen to that episode if you want to hear some more ideas and thoughts on that topic. But the bottom line is, don't think if you have a small space that you can't homeschool because that is definitely not true. Number three, don't think you have to teach each child separately. With multiple children, this can overwhelm you right off the bat. You have three or four kids and you think, how can I possibly have enough time to teach each child at their own specific grade level? Well, the magic is you don't have to. There might be some things like math or spelling or writing that needs to be at a separate level depending on where their skill differences are, but you can definitely combine them with social studies, history, geography, science, those subjects can absolutely be combined, even with multiple ages, even with bigger age spans. Because you can, for example, do an experiment where your older child might be actually doing the experiment, but the younger children are still watching, observing, they're still picking up information, even if some of the concepts might be beyond their learning level, they're still picking up information. And even if you're studying a certain historical period, there's no reason why you can't get some books for the younger age levels as well as the older age levels, and you're still learning about the same time period, you're just using some different resources based on the needs of the different ages of children. And you would be surprised that a lot of young kids can pick up a heck of a lot of information that we might not think they're ready for, but they absolutely can pick up that information when we're teaching it to the older children. Kids are very resilient. They are very bright. They are very adaptable. And you absolutely can combine children for many subjects. Even things like reading and spelling, you can still combine some of those subjects depending on what you're working on, such as letter writing or writing a story cooperatively. Um, I talked about game schooling in the last episode. And there are some great... Uh, story building kinds of games that you can play with multiple ages. So there are definitely lots of overlap and lots of combining that can be done. So you don't have to think that you have to teach each child separately. Number four, don't dump your curriculum just because someone else says they didn't like it, their kid hated it, or because it doesn't meet some state standards. I have seen so many people think the grass is always greener on the other side, and they'll be using a curriculum that is working for them, but they suddenly see something else that might be newer, they might think it is better, or someone says, oh, that doesn't meet some state standard, and they say, oh, I need something new. Each child is different. We all know this. And each state is different. And oftentimes, these state standards don't really matter anyway, especially if you aren't accountable to the state. I know there are some states that have some pretty rigid requirements, and you do need to meet certain state requirements. I get that. But in a lot of states, that is not true. And you don't need to meet these arbitrary standards that are very vague and filled with lots of rhetoric anyway. So Like I said, the grass always seems greener on the other side, and we all want the quote right or the best curriculum for our kids. And these new and different programs always sound better than what we're doing. But we really need to resist the urge to jump ship unless we really need to do something different, unless we really need something new or different to help our children. Because one of the things we have to remember is a lot of these programs and curriculum build on each other. So if we are jumping from curriculum to curriculum, from year to year, there is definitely going to be some gaps in the skills that are learned, especially with math. There are programs that are very good, but they do cover different skills at different times. Maybe different times than what, quote, the state standards are. So a lot of times people may use a program for one or two years, but then someone says, oh, that's not doing multiplication until X grade or X level or whatever other concepts. And so they think they need to get something new. What happens is they do a program for two years and a different program for two years and another program for another year. And then next thing you know, five, six years have gone by and they wonder why there's these These gaps in some of their skills. And that's because they've jumped from program to program, and those programs have covered skills at different levels and they build on each other. But they did not have that progression from year to year to catch all those skills in the same program. So that is definitely something to think about. A program or curriculum always does better if used over the long run. So just think about that. If something new and sparkly has come along and you're tempted to try it out, think long and hard about what that might mean and the possible ramifications to do that. So, number five, please, please don't beat yourself up when you have a bad day or you don't think the kids have learned anything or there's lots of things that have gone wrong in that specific day or that specific week. There are lots of days ahead and not every day is going to go smoothly. So give yourself permission to play hooky and go to the park or the beach or the zoo or to not do anything for the kids just to play and for you to read. Don't beat yourself up because not every day is perfect. And homeschooling is all about home and it's all about doing things in the best way possible for your child and your family. So it's really important to remember that. Just because one day didn't go very well doesn't mean the other days won't improve. So those are five things not to do in your homeschool. Number one, don't buy a bunch of curriculum right off the bat. Number two, don't think you need a school room in your house. Number three, Don't think you need to teach each child separately. They absolutely can be combined. Number four, don't dump your curriculum just because something new and sparkly comes along. And number five, don't beat yourself up when you have a bad day. And a bonus don't that I'm going to throw in here at the end is don't think you have to follow grade levels. This is a huge don't in my opinion. So many people have these grade levels ingrained in them, and I get it, it makes sense. This is how we were raised and how we grew up. The school model is ingrained in us, and we see it as something that is really hard to let go of and really hard to get past. But when we stop following grade levels and follow our children at the rate that they are learning, it gives not only the parent more freedom and the more joy to teach without the pressure or the stress of these arbitrary grade level standards. But it also lets our children progress in a way that is more organic and meets their needs. They may jump through three levels of math in one year. Or they may take three years to cover one level of math. And either way is fine because that is what they need. And I think when we can let go of these grade levels, it makes life just easier in general. I know our children are often asked, what grade are you? And sometimes kids are very funny and they are very clever. And they'll come up with all kinds of answers from anywhere from I don't know to oh I don't have a grade I'm homeschooled to all kinds of random grades that you had no idea that they were even thinking of. I know I have one child that says he's grades older than maybe what he is because that is where he feels he's at and who cares it's fine. I have another daughter that seriously doesn't know like she's she says I don't know because and which is fine because she's at perhaps one grade level work for math and science and another grade level for uh, spelling and writing. And it doesn't really matter. So again, I just encourage you to let go of grade levels. Don't rely on grade levels as any kind of indicator of progress for your child. So there you go. Those are my five quick and dirty don'ts plus a bonus that I hope will help you save yourself a little bit of frustration and a little bit of money in your homeschool, especially if you are a new homeschooler. So thanks so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to listen. Check me out on Instagram at to Read, and don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already so you catch the next episode when it's released. And if I can humbly ask for a review if you have enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen that will really help me out. So thanks so much. Have a great week. And until next time, don't be afraid to go outside the lines.